Are you someone who has ambitious goals for your life? Do you want to succeed at the highest level possible in your craft? Are you someone who has a purpose and vision for their life and is willing to do whatever it takes to get there? If that describes you, I'm Eddie Scott. And I'm Trenton Scott. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Sailor's Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Say Less Lifestyle Podcast, where we interview high performers that do more and say less. My name is Eddie Scott. Today, I got with me co-founder Trenton Scott. And Trent, go ahead and introduce our guest for us today. What's up, Say Less fam? Thanks again for tuning in. Today, we got uh, former Division One basketball player, um, John Hayes. Go ahead and introduce yourself, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen. My name is John Hayes from Niagara Falls, New York, Niagara Falls High School and St. Bonaventure University. Uh, just a few years ago, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, John, John, um, t tell him a little bit about your experience at St. Bonaventure and like how long ago you played. Well, uh, actually, it was about 50 years ago. I, I played with a gentleman by the name of All-American Bob Lanier. I'd say I had a fantastic year uh, my freshman year at St. Bonaventure. Uh, actually led the country in scoring with almost 35 points a game. And uh, the guy that came in number two to me that year, ironically, was some guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out at UCLA. And he averaged 33.1 points a game. I have all these numbers. Uh, unfortunately, the first day of practice my sophomore year, I blew my knee out. First 25 minutes of practice, October 15, 1966. So uh, I played one game that season, my uh, third game of the season against Xavier in Cincinnati. I had a great game on one leg, scored 26 points, my first varsity game, hurt it again the next game, and then had surgery and was out the rest of the year. But my uh, junior year is the year Lanier was a sophomore, and uh, we went undefeated. We were number three in the country, and I played almost every minute of every game that year. And again, my senior year, another injury and uh, surgery, and I played sparingly that year. I should have redshirted, but I'm not sure why. But otherwise, I stayed in school and I got my degree and uh, it was a great experience for sure. I got a, a couple letters. I did get one from the Knicks and so forth, but uh, I, there's a chance I could have played if I stayed in school one more year because that following year, I was playing in a, a league in Lockport with a bunch of uh, 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 former college players from Niagara and Canisius and so forth and, and led that league in scoring. So I was fine, but... Uh, Timing had a lot to do with it, and, and a knee injury back then was different than a knee injury today because uh, there was a lot of unconventional things happening as far as surgery was concerned. Uh, it just wasn't as sophisticated as it, as it is today. So uh, uh, I ended up going into business. I took a business uh, a management course and got a degree in business and, and was in sales. And uh, the upside was I traveled all over the country and uh, had a great career and retired about uh, six, seven years ago. Okay. Hey, going back to you playing college basketball, your experience, what do you see as like some major differences between back when you were playing and the game today? All right. I definitely have some opinions on that. <laughs> uh, we played without the three-point line. We played without the shot clock, which is extremely significant. And my junior year at Bonaventure, when we were undefeated and number three in the country, we couldn't dunk the ball that year either, which is a little unusual because when you watch a game today, half the points are on dunks almost. Uh, 
but anyway, uh, uh, th those are critical and significant differences. And we scored more points than they're scoring now by far. The first seven or eight games that the year, my junior year, we averaged almost 100 points a game, 97, 96. Now if you see Syracuse score 65 points in a game, that's about average for them. And I have to believe that it's got a lot to do with everybody going back to shoot the three. And they're not taking the higher percentage shots around the basket like the way we used to do and get the original, the, the old-fashioned three-point shot where you shoot it and get fouled and, and take a free throw. I had tons of those when I played. So those in the shot clock as well. When I played against Lockport in Niagara Falls High School uh, my senior year, I led the league in scoring and set a record that's never been broken 55 years later of almost 30 points a game. But the game we played them the second time at Niagara Falls High School, they froze the ball the whole game because there was no shot clock. I had six points. So can you imagine? And they did that in college, too, before they changed it to a 30-second shot clock. What a 24? I don't even know what it is now. Uh, so the shot clock was significant. The three-point line. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's great that you can shoot from that far out, but it's a very low percentage shot compared to anything else you can shoot within 15, 10, 15 feet of the basket. So, and I, I can see the difference, you know, in scoring for sure. Uh, it's just not the same. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of differences from back then and now. But um, how would you describe your game as a basketball player? Uh, back when you played, how, how, how would you describe your, your type of game? What type of player were you? Uh, if I got the ball within 10 feet of the basket, I could score. <laughs> you know, so, so, I, so I, you, with you averaging 35 a game, I assume, I yeah. assume you're a scorer. You were a scorer. Score first. But I, I, I could shoot from the outside and did take jump shots from the outside. Uh, I played in one league in North Carolina when I was living down there. Uh, where I had the advantage of the three-point line, and I'd never had uh, played the game prior to that. And it was – I only played about half the year because I moved down there in, uh, uh, I think, late December or so when the season had already started. But I, I still have the stats. I shot 13 three-point shots, and I made nine of them. So I could shoot from the outside. I just elected to shoot closer to the basket because I knew it was a better percentage shot. And if I got fouled, I'd, I'd get a three that way. You know, the three wasn't even – mentioned or invented by them so uh and i did a lot of weird fancy things around the basket a lot of spin on the ball go past the basket underneath i had to play on a full backboard because we played tanawanda when i played in niagara falls high school tanawanda was the only school that had a half moon backboard you know what half moon backboards are yep. it's not a full but i i could i couldn't I, I used the whole backboard the bottom of it everything so i never liked playing at tanawanda <laughs> so i typically i if I got the ball, uh, you know, I wasn't a guard. I had to rely on someone to throw me the ball. But once I got it, look out, man. I was going to the hoops, and they, they couldn't stop me. So I don't know why. I, I'm still not sure why, but it worked. <laughs> you were a bucket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got, and, and you know, there were also a lot of second and third efforts. When I, when I was at Bonaventure my junior year, they labeled me with this nickname, the garbage man, because – I was picking up stuff that other people would you know, just walk away from, you know, second and third efforts, even on shots and or loose balls. Uh, I capitalized on those as well. So I don't know. It worked for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So what is one experience throughout your life, throughout your career on and off the court that you believe that's made you who you are today? You know, it's hard to say because, uh, 
I don't know if I mentioned this Trent or not, but uh, I grew up without a father. My father left when I was two years old, and my mother was five feet tall, quit school in fourth grade. Uh, we grew up on welfare. We lived in apartments downtown. We, I went to more schools in the city of Niagara Falls probably than any of my friends. So I changed schools frequently because we moved a lot. Uh, the, the, probably the, the guy that recruited me to play at St. Bonaventure sort of became a, 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 a father to me. It, it was more than a recruitment thing. He, he did a lot for me. I, I ended up working with him after I graduated and I bought his business when he passed away in 1970. And uh, that was huge and instrumental, but I'm not sure how the hell I made it to my senior year in high school because I was on my own for the most part. The boys club. I spent a lot of time at the boys club and I had some influences from people there as well. But And, and fortunately I had some pretty decent friends. So it, yeah, it was an sure. interesting, it was an interesting, uh, uh, venture for sure for me. I, I, I'm still wondering. I'm scratching my head. How the hell this happened? <laughs> uh, all part of the plan. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. Facts. It's all part of the plan. Um. Yeah. So, growing up, did you have anybody you looked up to that was an inspiration to you? Not really. How weird is that? Not yeah. until not until this Ben Rustin guy that recruited me. Uh, and, and he graduated from Bonaventure. He was, uh, he graduated 51. So he was at least 15 years older than me. So he's like, like a father figure to me, but, but that was, you know, when I was a senior in high school, prior to that, man, I, I'm not sure, you know, how I got through. I mean, I was in a fire when I was six years old on Ontario Avenue and I, uh, some guys saved me and got a medal for it. So I really shouldn't even have been here because I distinctly remember during that fire, and he put me over his shoulders, and I walking down the stairs from upstairs where I was, and he paused because of the smoke. I looked over my show, his shoulders into my mother's bedroom, and the walls were on fire. So five minutes later, I'd have been toast anyway if, if he didn't come in to get me. It was a soldier that was in a bar next door to the house I lived in on Ontario Avenue, which burned to the ground. So some weird things happened in my life. Wow. Yeah. yeah. One of the nicest guys I played against was Eddie Scott. Just for your information, he was a he was a wonderful guy. My grandfather. So yeah, he, he was he was awesome, man. He was awesome, and a great ball player, very good ball player. Yes, Must sir. run in the. Did you play ball too, Eddie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. At LaSalle? At LaSalle or where? No. So I'm actually I live in Maryland, so I've been out here for most of my life. Yeah, I lived in Niagara Falls for like four years when I was in middle school. But yeah, I've lived in Maryland. I lived in Maryland. Life. I lived in Annapolis for two years. Annapolis? Okay. For two years. Yeah, I, I lived like County. I lived like, <laughs> is that close to you? Yeah, I lived like um yeah, like twenty minutes from Annapolis. Yeah. So, yeah. You went to I think Eddie went to high school in Annapolis, right? Right. Annapolis area Christian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I lived there and, and uh uh Robinson it played for the Naval Academy, David Robinson, then David uh, Robinson, yeah. San Antonio. He was there yeah. when I was living in Annapolis. I went to see him play a couple of games. Wow. How yeah. was he? Wow. He was awesome, man. I'm still not sure how he got into the Naval Academy. He must have grew five or six inches once he got in there because they used to have a height limitation as the, you know, 6'5 was the highest. He grew up to 6'11. So he must have got That's in crazy. at 6'5 and grew four inches. 
because that, that, that always surprised me how, how he ever got into the uh, Naval Academy at that height. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing, a height limitation for Naval Academy. There used to be for the service, yes. Yeah. And there used to be height limitations for the police force in Niagara Falls. You had to be a certain height to get in. In other words, if you were under five feet or five two, they wouldn't take you in. But that changed over over time. So height had a lot to do with decisions that were made for uh, various businesses and careers and so forth over the years. And the service was one of them. I remember. They didn't take me anyway because I had bad knees. I tried to go. Yeah. So. Um, with the experiences that you had in your life, like, like you talk about you was in a fire when you were younger, uh, yeah. you grew up without a father. So yeah, you definitely have like a very interesting journey. Like it seems oh, like, man. yeah, it seems like you were like almost like saved for a specific purpose. Like, I, I like, you, like well, you said, like you should be right. here. You're right. Yeah. I, I think the same thing. I, I tried it. And I just happened to drive by there the other day and pulled into the parking lot where this happened. 68 years ago and I got emotional sitting in the car just thinking about it I mean in an instant your life can be gone and or changed forever and you know I'm not the first kid that was six years old and potentially could have died in a fire a lot of them have died and then you, you sit back and wonder what could that person have accomplished in life if he didn't die so right. here's an example yeah yeah exactly um yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It probably has to be like a lot, a lot to to handle at the age of six with going through that, you know. Well, we went from there. My sister, two of my sisters, my brother, and me. We went to Chitawaga to the Immaculate Heart of Mary home for six months. We were in a home for six months. We didn't have a place to live. So then we came out and moved down to East Fall Street, right next to the East Fall Street Boys Club on Twelfth and East Falls. And that's when I was eight years old. I turned eight, seven to eight and uh, that was my first exposure to the boys club and i it, i just embraced it from then on man. then i went to the one on 17th street and i was there every night playing ball after even after practice at the high school i go there from seven to nine every night and on saturday so i, I spent a lot of time at the boys club and i think that was a good definitely a good place for me to be he was working on his game a lot so. oh man did i work on my game and it paid off <laughs> Hard work always pays. Hey, so what is one piece of advice that you have for younger people? Uh, it could be basketball players, but just like young people in general who are coming up. What's one piece of advice that you would give them? Well, I would say, uh, and I wouldn't even say to worry too much about going to college because there's so many things that you can be doing, even without a college degree, because not everyone. I never would have gone to college was for basketball. I, I, my grades were not great because of moving around all the time, and, uh, and, uh, and we had no money. I couldn't afford it if I wanted it. Uh, my scholarship you know, paid a lot of uh, uh, dues for me, obviously, along the way, but uh, there were so many other things that are available out there that people just don't seem to be looking into or for, trades in particular. And you can do very well, uh, you know, electrical, plumbing, uh, uh, metalworking. There's, there's just so many things. Yes, I, I, I mean, there are people who go to college, get degrees, and never use them. So that's just an experience of going to college, as far as I'm concerned, and getting a degree, which helps you immensely if you're applying for a job somewhere and you have to have a degree. I mean, don't, don't I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college. Uh, 
that should be at the top of your list. But if you can't go, don't think that this is the end of the world for me and I'm not going to get a degree. There's still a lot of things you can, you know, opening a business on your own or doing something on your own. People have been very successful without degrees. Um, so it's not the end of the line for you. But, but certainly uh, do the best that you can while you have the opportunity. And uh, be a nice person. Man. Be, the, be nice to everybody you see, as far as I'm concerned. I go out of my way to, to I still walk next to the street when I'm with a woman. Uh, I open doors for people. You know, the, the little things make a world of difference in life when you're treating people. And, you know, everybody's the same as far as I'm concerned. You treat everybody equally. You know, don't be prejudiced about anything because you're not any better than the next guy as far as I'm concerned, if you have that attitude. That's, good. That's great advice. That's great advice. Exactly. Hey, so we have a signature question that we ask everybody that comes on our show. So try and, try and hit with that. I'm sitting on my porch and there goes the motorcycle. I know. It. <laughs> you can hear it. Of course. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, cool. All right, yeah, so our signature question we ask everybody that's on the podcast with our our mo uh, motto with our clothing brand being do more and say less, which means less talk, more action. John Hayes, how do you say less? Well, I, I tell you what, I've used that phrase many, many times. Actions speak louder than words. And there's no, that's just the opposite of your, your you know, it certainly plays into what your, uh, your logo is, say less. Um, I think I just made that statement by saying that, you know, do things for other people. Help any, anybody out that you can, where you can. And, uh, and don't say anything about it, just do it. So I, I'm constantly, I feel that. I, I cut my neighbor's lawn. I, I, I pressure wash the people's houses across the street. I, whatever you can do. And you don't have to get anything back in return for it. It just makes you feel good that you've helped someone. And I've, I've had that, uh, you know, uh, uh, feeling in my heart for years, and, and I'm going to continue to until the day I'm not here anymore. Yeah, you definitely, with with knowing you, John, these past couple of years, um, with you being a friend towards me, um, you definitely have, have taught me some things in life. You know, I appreciate Well, I'm so that. glad our paths have crossed, man. I'll tell you, because you're an awesome guy. And you've got a great future ahead of you, too. Now, your grandfather, he's a little strange, but that's okay. He just, <laughs> yeah, he, he, just walked, he just walked by with the dog. Hey, <laughs> hey, he, he, is, he is my number one fan, though. Oh, yeah, he thinks, no, he's he, a great he guy. I, yeah, he, he is, is. He's a great guy. Yeah, but I appreciate so, this, uh, this opportunity and time to talk to you guys and uh, you know, I hope uh, hope it was worthwhile for you. It's, it's a great, another nice experience for me. Yeah, for I'm glad sure, to be John. part of this. We appreciate you for hopping on the podcast. So yeah. go ahead, Eddie. Uh, you might as well tune it down. Yes, Thank sir. you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Hayes, once again for coming My on pleasure, the podcast. My pleasure, guys. I really appreciate Take care. you. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, make sure to follow us across all social media at Sailor's Lifestyle. Make sure to visit the website at sailorslifestyle.com. I should even have to say it. Go get your gear. Trenton, show them what's up. Facts. Go get your gear ASAP. Sailor's Lifestyle.com. Always remember to say less. Say less. <laughs>